You're listening to the Variety Sports Network, your home for the best sports podcasters and live shows. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Blues Notes podcast from the Variety Sports Network. Uh, Joined with me, as always, is Josh Edwards. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Pretty good. We got a little bit of stuff to talk about tonight. But first, before we get into any of that, we have a special guest on with us tonight. His name is Tony Cardosco. He is from the Locked On Golden Knights podcast out in Las Vegas. Tony, how you doing tonight, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the air with you. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun. Of course. Yeah, I figure with all the moves that happened between... Well, we had a few good ones, and you guys had a few good ones as well. Figured we'd kind of come on with each other and uh, talk about it, and even some of the other moves that kind of happened throughout the league as well this week. Sure. Um, Let it rip. Let it rip. But uh, I guess first, I guess we'll kind of get it with you guys for a little bit. How did you guys feel once you uh, uh, had the big news that – Jonathan Quick was joining the team. Well, you know, to me, I just feel like he's a little bit washed. I'm just going to be honest with you, you know, and the Kings couldn't do anything else. They're not going to extend him. He's at the tail end of a 10-year uh, contract where he made about $5.8 million per year, and they're done with him. What else could they do? So they ship him to uh, Columbus, to the Blue Jackets. He never actually arrived in Columbus, even though the uh, Blue Jackets had tweeted out something to the effect that um, he was a scratch of practice that one day. Didn't want to go to Columbus. And mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, VGK, with all the issues with its goaltending here, uh, they decided to take a flyer on Jonathan Quick here. Um, and he comes off of a 4-3 to three win here today in Las Vegas uh, against Montreal. And none of the three goals really were on him. It was on the defense, which wasn't playing very well again for VGK. And they're just doing it, this this team here now, currently, like with smoke and mirrors. I don't know how they're winning so many games. I don't think the Pacific Division is very good. I don't believe the West is that good myself. And so there's a lot of question marks. But uh, Jonathan Quick gave up so many goals. He averaged uh, over three and a half goals that he gave up per game when he was in L.A. Um, Prior to coming to Las Vegas, he gave up five goals twice in the last five five games. Um, I say bet the over anytime he's in net. And this isn't a good team by any stretch, Montreal. And so I think once he plays a good team, I think they can light him up. And I just say bet the over, and that's just my tip of the day. But uh, a lot of issues with goaltending. So Logan Thompson came into the season after Robin Leonard had three surgeries, his shoulder and both hips. So he was done for the year. Logan Thompson was a rookie last year, and he shined in a lot of his performances. He came back. He became the number one goalie, and then he got injured. They brought up Laurent Brassois from the (laughs) AHL franchise here locally, the Henderson Silver Knights, and then he gets hurt. Aiden Hill right now is the number one goaltender, And he's played really well, but Bruce Cassidy won't give this guy any credit. And he's won 16 games for VGK. For some reason, he's perpetually been in the doghouse 
uh, for the Golden Knights. So with all those injuries, they took a flyer. They need an insurance goaltender. So that's why they picked up Jonathan Quick, to make a long story even longer. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I haven't really seen Hill play a whole lot. I'm guessing that's who you were talking about that was uh, that was playing as well as he has been. Uh, I kind of caught glimpses of him here and there in Vegas. And uh, with a lot of the stuff I'm doing with fantasy, I've caught kind of how Hill was doing. And even on some games I watched, I saw Hill and kind of to the effect of like, yeah, he, you saw him here and there in games, but it seemed like they're always trying to dish games off to uh, Thompson who, I mean, he was, he played, I thought pretty well up until, he got injured, and even now, and he's uh, he's kind of a question mark for you guys because it seems like they don't really have any kind of a timeline for him. But I'm guessing that that's that's a good reason to go for a guy like Quick when you're when you're questioning the goaltending, I guess. And because I mean, even at the start of the year, Vegas started out really really well, and I don't know if it's tapered as much but it seems like they're not to the cal but like, not quite up there to the caliber to what they were at from what they were in the beginning of the season yeah so so with uh, lt you know he just has played very well on that uh, aiden hill bruce cassidy could never give him any credit for what he's done you know between the pipes uh there were just a lot of question marks but the the thing that makes this uh goaltending situation uh, something that you could live with is the fact that the defense and the way that Bruce Cassidy has the defense aligned um, really bails out the goaltender most of the time. Uh, today, VGK just won its 20th one-goal game. So they're just <laughs> they're living right there on the cusp of like because you could lose half of those games and they're winning. If you have 20 wins in one-goal games, you're doing something right. You're getting yep. lucky. I say that the league is rigged because VGK schedule. I think that the owner, Bill Foley, sat down with the schedule maker and actually did everything to make sure <laughs> they want to ensure that the Golden Knights are in the playoffs because they bring ratings, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's why they want the league, definitely wants them in. So many, I hate to go on a tangent here, but let me do this for just one minute. Here. Oh, you're good, man. Okay, so, so many times, back-to-backs, teams come into Las Vegas on the second leg of the back-to-back. -back. And so they're tired in the third period. It's happened repeatedly. The Golden Knights only have eight, count them, eight back-to-backs. They have one next week where they play at Carolina. Then they visit you guys in St. Louis. And luckily for you, they'll lose an hour of sleep. I think it's the start of daylight savings time, so that's good, yep. right? And they have a two-hour flight. But for the most part, here, here's a team Vegas was complaining about playing a back-to-back -back where they played against the L.A. Kings in Los Angeles and then had to travel 90 minutes south on the freeway, on the 405 freeway, and play at Anaheim. And they were like, oh, this is such a tough back-to-back. -to -back. No. So many teams have to go on a flight, change the time zones, lose an hour mostly, and then they play here on the second end of the back-to-back. -back. The scheduling has just been ridiculous. And VGK is, to their credit, you know, they've really taken advantage of the schedule this season. But I'd like to look into this. I think the NHL needs to investigate. <laughs> hey, there'd be something that possibly 
look into. You never know. Uh, Josh, what did you think of the uh, the kind of the three team trade that happened with <laughs> Quick? So I'll be honest with you. My initial reaction was that it was uh, kind of a backdoor deal that had been discussed that maybe LA didn't want to trade him inside the division. So Columbus and Vegas worked it out where, hey, we'll trade for him and then we'll trade him to you. Um, I had no sources or news on that, obviously. I was just my initial reaction to hearing how it all played out. So um, You're probably right. You're probably right. That's what really? they do here. I mean, come on. He never even reported there. And for the most part, though, a lot of teams – uh, and you could take uh, the Kane situation from Chicago. A lot of teams uh, and teams within the division for a while there, we're talking here in the media about Timo Meyer being traded to Las Vegas. Why would San Jose do that? No. They, of course, they used him as a leveraging chip. And Car- uh, Carolina fell back. And then it's just VGK and New Jersey. And Basically, what they did was they used the Golden Knights as a pawn to drive up the price. So that's what they did. More assets, you know, just you'll take 50 percent of his salary, all those things. Right. So, yeah, I I would not I would not doubt that. And the things that they do with the salary cap and LTIR, it's just that no one juggles it, I believe, at this current point. I mean, Tampa did it, obviously, a couple of years ago. But no one does it better, I don't think, right now than the Golden Knights. And they're going to get screwed at some point. What happens when Logan Thompson comes back? They're telling me the timeline now is probably a week and a half to two weeks away. What happens if Laurent Prassois comes back? You've got four goaltenders. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? You can't circumvent the cap rules for an eternity. You can't do that. You can only do that up until the playoffs, right? Yeah. But what happens if they come back in the regular season? They're going to have all sorts of issues with this team. So that's something that really concerns me. But I wouldn't doubt that there was some sort of collusion between uh, CBJ <laughs> and the Golden Knights. Come on, man. It's Vegas. I mean, yeah, that, that, that was my purest initial reaction. And I was like, man, I sound like a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> You're probably right on, man. But – uh. Uh, I know we you kind of brought up the whole thing with Timo and everything. What now? Just from this trade package alone, what what was your initial thoughts whenever you saw it come through? On uh, the Tony or Josh? On the Timo deal? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they gave up you know fair market value. I suppose it's it's good. You know, I I don't really have. You know, I don't have a a strong opinion on it one way or the other. I just know that they played the Golden Knights and they did it quite well. I have to give them credit. They played the Golden Knights there. There's no way he was coming to Las Vegas, especially because this was a fierce rivalry before. This was a team that knocked the Golden Knights out of the playoffs last year. And then, of course, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So Mm -hmm. there's no way they're going to trade within the division as much as they dislike each other. I, I don't know why VGK was even involved with this. Yeah, I whenever they whenever they were saying about Timo in the discussions, like the final two teams coming down to it was Vegas and uh, Carolina, yeah. 
and well, yeah, Carolina. I mean, New Jersey, New very, Jersey, and Carolina, New Jersey. It seemed like the very last minute, New Jersey got thrown into the mix, and then within hours of you seeing like the final two or the final three teams that were even in the cusp of acquiring Timo, you see that uh, New Jersey or the, the breaking news that he was going to New Jersey and and everything. So I I kind of felt like at first that there was no – kind of how you said, no way in hell that Timo was even remotely going to Vegas because, for one, kind of like what the, was the L.A. deal, why would they trade to somebody – yeah, why would they the Sharks trade to somebody within their division – and have to pay, even though I don't even think San Jose is even close to being in playoff contention, but why would they want to pl- uh, make a deal with somebody within their division that they're going to have to play later on in seasons to come? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, with the goalie situation, I just am of the belief that the Golden Knights need a goaltender who's playoff tested. I was like, you could take all these guys and, they're good goalies. Okay, whatever. Logan Thompson, he was the all-star. Uh, he was starting to break down, though, at the all-star break. He played too much, too many games. Hit the rookie wall, I thought, for a minute, whatever. And Aiden Hill's already played more games than he's ever played in the National Hockey League in a season. Um, you've got all these variables. And then Laurent Persuade, but none of them are tested, you know, in the playoffs. And I thought Cam Talbot was going to be coming here initially because – I know that they don't want to renew him or extend him, I should say. And I thought that he would be a goaltender that might fit in. And what Bruce Cassidy's doing with this team right now, this is the most, well, are they still? This is a very finesse team, guys. The Golden Knights are too finesse. And that doesn't fit the style of Bruce Cassidy, of course. So he adds your guy, Ivan Barbashev. Um, he adds uh, Teddy Bluger. And now he's starting to, make this team make sure that they're starting to hit and forecheck and play and finish up, you know, a lot of their checks, which they weren't doing early on. It's just a finesse team. It's a skilled team, but by no means don't ever confuse them with being a hard nose team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you get, I would say you guys got a pretty, got a pretty good deal, even on the, on the Barbashev trade. I mean, he, with him coming from St. Louis and him being, he's a good, well-versed forward that you guys can put anywhere, probably on the third, fourth line. And I mean, it adds really good depth coming down the stretch. Whenever you guys have like your top pairings wanting to get them a rest, he's he's a very good all-around forward that you guys can put on on third or fourth line and have somebody that's scrappy. But he's on the top line now. Is he? And oh yeah, of course. Yeah, they put him on the top line. And I liked the move. And I even said when the trade went down, they need to put him on the top line with Jack Eichel. Why? Because he adds a certain amount of toughness to that line, which they're definitely lacking. They were lacking. And then, you know, he can get in there, dirty things up. Eichel is every night he's the best player on the ice for VGK. Some nights Jack Eichel is the best player on the ice, period, in my estimation. He just is so skilled. And one of the issues they had, guys, was that there were no players that could keep up with him. 
put stinking yeah. Phil Kessel on the top line with him. That didn't work. Of course not. I um, didn't agree with that at all. No, and now it's Jonathan <laughs> Marshall, so um, Eichel and uh, Barbashev, of course. So on, on that top line, which is, you know, it's a it's a formidable line. Barbashev, two goals in the game on Sunday against Montreal, a game that the Golden Knights almost blew. And Eichel had a dime of a pass. Just They had a great passing play, and uh, he just found Barbashev right there on the doorstep on the, the right side of the net. But it was a beautiful pass, and a lot of the times, most of the nights when you're watching the Golden Knights, they can't handle Eichel's passes. He's just too good. He's, he's like that point guard in basketball, and none of the guys can see the ball coming, right? You cut to the basket, and then it goes off your fingertips. He's that guy. He's so oh, yeah. skilled, and he's a fast – he's sneaky quick. He's sneaky fast, but he's been – uh, now, I guess, adding another element to his game, and that's defensively. He's been a better defensive player, I think, than he's been his entire career. So it's not just on the offensive end. Uh, Josh, what did you feel of the uh, Barbashev trade to Vegas? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I love Barbie, so uh, I'll tell you that much right now. You're going to love Barbie out there, man. He's I mean, people know who he is, but he's so much fun to watch. Uh, he enjoys the game. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. So I was sad to see him go. Uh, but I figured with what was going on in the season so far for us, he was definitely gone because he would fetch a decent return, which – can you tell us anything about this guy we got? <laughs> uh, did you get Zach Dean? I mean, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, it seems like it happened so long ago. But Zach Dean, um, you know, again, so five of the six first round picks for the Golden Knights are gone, are gone. Like they they get rid of they can't develop talent here. OK. Um, and so Dean played uh, for the Canadian Championship Juniors team. He's playing in the Juniors League. We don't know. I mean, he's an unknown commodity, I think, to us here in Las Vegas, but he's got a huge upside, and who knows? I mean, uh, who knows what he turns out to be? I, I, I think, you know, again, they just give up on these draft picks, and they have assets, and Brendan Brisson is the only player that's still here um, who played at the University of Michigan, and he's here stuck in the AHL on that level here locally. And not developing, not developing. He had a great first year, you know, half a year when he came up for Michigan a year ago. And now he's just kind of stuck in the AHL. And they moved him. It was on the top line. I thought I saw him on the third line. I, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with him. But I thought he w might be involved in one of those trade packages. I really did. Uh, because they just, they don't really care about developing them, obviously. But I can't tell you much more other than, you know, he's a pretty solid player first uh, draft choice for the VGK and then played in juniors and did really well on the juniors level. So if you guys know how to develop him, then he'll turn out to be an everyday player. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, this he should was... work out well for us. So <laughs> I just wanted to ask you guys too. So um, I'm the Barbashev deal. Did you guys have to get rid of him to clear the, the cap space? Was that it? Was it a cap issue on why you uh, dealt him or was it he much was more? UFA. Yeah, he was a UFA coming into the end of this season. And we are trying to – we I think we're more or less Army was just trying to dump – or not so much dump, but trade off guys so that way we could get 
draft picks and prospects so that way we can do a little bit of a, a retool or he wasn't he's not trying to go as much of a rebuild as a retool just because of some of the lengthy contracts that we have already on the team so that's that was a lot of the reason why we traded off Barbashev. you know uh alex petrangelo really wanted ryan o'reilly here and i heard him on a pregame interview and he was kind of pissed about it that they didn't uh, weren't able to close a deal with him mm. for some reason. Uh, and then the next thing you know, we see Barbashev. And, of course, uh, Petrangelo had a lot of say in that acquisition, actually. Uh, really? From everything I've heard from the inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the GM, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, said that they had scouted him uh, 43 times, 43 games. Um, and Petrangelo pretty much was pushing to get one of those two players here in Las Vegas and yeah. so that's how it actually shook out in the end. But they did scout him a lot. They like his game. Uh, they felt he could be a diamond in the rough. And right now, I mean, just it's it's hard to tell with a small sample size, but it looks like he's going to fit in with Eichel. So I, I think that's a, the main thing. And I said earlier this season, the Golden Knights, I, I said this from the outset of this season because everyone said, well, who should they put on the Eichel line? I'm like, that player isn't here. <laughs> that yeah. player's not in this organization. Uh, you know, they had, uh, you know, they, they, they've had some pieces, Mark Stone, when he was healthy, uh, he played okay with him, but you know, for the most part, it's just, it's been just, they, they tried so many different lineups. I mean, Cassidy was, was toying with the lineups here up until I'd say probably a couple of weeks ago, he was just constantly toying with the lineups and trying to find what clicked there for, for the golden Knights. But I think right now, I think he's going to be set on that top line for a while to come. Yep. Yeah, because at first, whenever you told us that he's up on the first line, it kind of took me by surprise a little bit. I mean, yeah. I know I saw we saw Barbashev numerous times up on the first line for the Blues, and it was just because we either had injuries or we were trying to shake things up a bit. But he was always kind of a, a third liner for us. Uh-huh. But – it, it good for him if he's able to get up on the first line and be able to compete and run with Eichel and uh Marsha Salt that that is awesome for him. I am so happy that he's producing and obviously second game with you guys. I think that was ten, last night or tonight that he ended up getting his first goal with yeah, two goals, Golden Knights, oh, two, two goals, goals. On the night. yeah, a couple of goals. Yeah, he was the player, the game winner, too. And then, uh, so so, what do you guys think it would take for the Golden Knights to re-sign him? I know it's early and a lot can happen, but how much? What was he making? Like two point? Was it two point eight or two point something? I know that. I think I believe it was two point seven five. If I'm not correct, Josh. Okay, that's two point eight, um, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah two point eight. Just kidding. Yeah, two point eight. Okay, for argument's sake, but but what do you think it'll take to the, to re-sign him here in Las uh, Vegas? Five if, years, four million a year. I was, really? I was going to say about the three to four million range. Yeah. They have so many stinking long term contracts. Like William Carlson's one of them that I just, I, he's like the teacher's pet. And for some reason, they like him here. He hasn't scored a goal in 14 games and he's making six million. They like to get, I'd like to see them get that off the books. That was one player that the Golden Knights, whenever they first acquired him, I thought was a good player. But since like years have gone by and I Williams, it seems like he's he's just kind of been a little bit on the decline. I haven't really seen a whole lot. Scored from 43 him. goals the first season. 
uh, the next five plus seasons, he hasn't scored 43 combined. And they gave him a rich contract at over six million. Boy, that would be nice to get that off the books and get a real player in there at the center. I always pick on him on my Twitter handle. <laughs> so, you know, the hashtag for the Golden Knights is Vegas born. And because Carlson is from Sweden, he's hashtag Vegas Bjorn. So that's Ooh. what I do. And every time he's like the king of the empty netters. And my timeline, I'll tell you my Twitter handle is at Tony Dasko. But my timeline goes berserk when this guy scores an empty netter. You know, <laughs> Cardasco's favorite player right there. So I'm telling you, it's just, it's hilarious what goes on. And he missed the net on Sunday, like three times. Like, I think he, I think he hit the crossbar 14 <laughs> games without a goal. And he's the center man on your second, on your second line. Oh. Yeah. yeah. In any that... event. And you know, there's other injuries with this team. Nick Wah, who is playing a lot on the fourth line, he's injured. Um, they've moved him around. He's played on just about every line, but uh, now he's injured. And then, of course, uh, you know, they, they uh, moved Brett Howden to a wing position when uh, Teddy Bluger came in um, yeah. after they acquired him from Pittsburgh. And uh, maybe that's where they were having cap issues, I think, maybe in Pittsburgh where they, they had to get him off the books. But um, he's played well. He's a, he's a guy that is good, um, can win faceoffs, which, of course, is a premium in the league. And he's a hard-checking centerman. And he has really proven himself to me just again from that grittiness standpoint was something that they lack. They're just so soft. They're pretty much a soft team. And I think Cassidy's going to try to wean out some of these softer players and his system, you know, he wants to play more physical and he knows that that's the only way that they're going to win in the Pacific division where everyone else is finesse too. Mm -hmm. Now for Cassidy, it, I'm not correct. This is his first or second first season. season. First, first season, season. yeah. Thought, how how have you guys liked him as a coach since he's came on to the uh, to the Knights? I'll tell you what. Um, I like him personally. I think that he's very transparent with the media. He takes the extra time to explain things, to explain plays, to explain situations. Um, he's not always happy, you know, with the team. He's particularly hard on the younger players. And I just remember him saying in his introductory presser that the younger guys really have to prove themselves in the league. He's one of those guys, old school, right? Like that. Yeah. And then with Aiden Hill, he's in his head. And uh, Hill was telling my counterpart on our Locked On Golden Knights uh, podcast, he was telling him, he said, you know, I'm always in the doghouse with this team, and I don't understand why. And all he's been doing is winning. I mean, I didn't expect 16 wins out of Aiden Hill. You would have told me that. You you know, I, you would have thought I was crazy. That if you know, I, I can't believe that Especially he's won 16 games. And he's a backup, right? And they had like a rotation of uh, like two-to-one games, you know, for Logan Thompson and for Aiden Hill at the start of the season. And then Laurent Brossois actually had a hip injury. He had surgery in the offseason. It's an organization that's very tough on goalies. There's got to be one more goaltender injury by the end of the season. I, you, oh. you have to believe that. And then I want to see all four of them back healthy. That should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to have a sticky situation once all four of your guys' goalies are, are healthy. Because, <laughs> I mean, having Thompson now quick – 
Bursois, uh, and then Adrian Hill. Hill. <laughs> I mean, two, two, if not three of the four are top notch, like top level goaltenders. So I, I mean, Hill, yes, he he's been playing well and everything, but Bursois, I'm not, I'm not well versed on Bursois. Your your guys' other goaltender, but I mean, quick. Thompson Thompson it was kind of a lucky draw I, I would say for him this season coming in and getting that starting position but I mean quick he's always whenever being for LA he was up until recent years he's always been a really good goaltender and he miraculously somehow I don't know what he does but in the playoffs he's a freaking animal yeah, he I, is an animal. I almost, almost use all their terminology, but he yeah. is. No, he's a freaking animal. Else. Yeah, I don't swear because it's Lent and good. That's nice that you caught yourself. But yeah, but, uh, you know, quick, yeah, he's one of those hit or miss guys, I think. And I mean, even in a win, he gives up three goals. One, one, I thought he was uh, beaten top shelf, you know, in the game against Montreal. But we'll, <clears throat> we'll have to see. He's on a mission now. And, you know, when guys are like that, they kind of take everything to heart. They're more focused and fine-tuned and everything else. And they didn't play defensive hockey, obviously, with the Kings. They just like to win those six to five games, you know. And he started all seven games, guys, against Edmonton in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I mean, this that is his swan song. Too. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, by the way, we're talking about goaltenders, and I firmly believe – that Robin Leonard will not be back with the Golden Knights. I can't see how he comes back. He's been off an entire season. Uh, they're going to have to do something with a salary dump. I think he's got one one year remaining at about $5 million. Uh, Call Arizona. Some, yeah, yeah, send him to Arizona. <laughs> Even if it's a half a goalie, they'll take him, right? Like, I mean, right, yeah. two hip surgeries, which is ridiculous, and a shoulder surgery. And the funny thing is Frank Saravelli said last year, that he was injured, and he said, no, I'm not injured. Yeah, okay. No, you're not injured. You have three injuries. You don't have one. I mean, so I, I they have to get him off the book somehow. We'll have to see how that shakes out. Yeah, especially especially since we're on the top of goaltending. Uh, with us, with the Blues, with us having our kind of duo that we got right now, Benner – He's been playing lights out with, I mean, with having a spotty defense in front of him and then having Grice as well. But this season is, we're not re-signing Grice as everybody could probably notice that with us signing uh, our AHL uh, goaltender, uh, Joel Holfer, to a one-year deal. I think that was kind of a, a deal is saying, Hey, we're on bring you up, give you a trial run. If you play well, we'll extend you longer, maybe give you a little bit more money. But long term, I feel like he's g- gonna get a deal that is gonna try to transition from Benner to Hofer. But especially with Ho- how well Hofer has been playing down in the AHL, I feel like that's probably gonna be a goalie of goalie of the future for the blues not knocking ben bennington by any means he's a great goaltender but he's he has his kind of on and off periods kind of like what uh, a lot of goaltenders have what do you guys think the future is for for your franchise i'm real curious if like when could they get back into like 
of cup contention again? How long of a period of time? And what's the fan reaction like there in St. Louis? I'm really curious to know. Josh, you want to go with this one? Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I'm getting, and, and I don't live in the city. I live about an hour west of the city. So my reaction out here is probably a little bit different than what's in the city of St. Louis. But um, a lot of people I know have moved off of hockey at this point and flipped over it's to baseball, baseball season because <laughs> yeah. we have this really hot prospects. Uh, you haven't heard of him. His name is Jordan Walker. Uh, keep your ears and eyes open for him. Um, and he's supposed to be, you know, the next big thing in St. Louis. And we got 17 guys going off to the WBC. So people are actually paying attention to spring training, I think a little bit more in depth this year. So I think people really just moved off the blues because a, they're not going to be in the playoffs and it's going to be an exciting season for St. Louis Cardinal baseball. If the Cardinals didn't look like they were going to be good, I bet people would still be paying attention, but it's not getting much news out here. Hmm. So their season essentially is over is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's pretty sad. Right. When you just have like 20 games plus in a season and the fans are just no longer interested in it. And even though the golden Knights are on top of the Pacific division, they're getting a lot of no-shows at games currently. Like, Really? Uh, yeah, we've had some games where there's not a ton of fans there at games, even if it's uh, against a good team. And some nights, I think there's more fans, or it sounds like it, uh, from the opposing teams because, you know, Las Vegas is a destination. So right. a lot of the visiting teams uh, travel well to Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, I think it's if they fall out of – the playoffs, which could happen in the final 20 games. I, I still think, you know, that the fans might just bail, you know, towards the end and not making the playoffs last year. This is the most spoiled fan base ever, ever. Like they just, there's such, and they're whiny about everything and they're just bandwagoners. And I just have to be honest with you guys. Cause I follow them every day. And yes, my, some of my best friends are big fans. And I'm like, I'm still a little cautious about this team being, you know, a, a finalist for the cup. I, I don't know how you get past a lot of those teams uh, from the central. Like, you know, I still think Colorado still when they want to flex, they can. Uh, you know, there's still Dallas is going to be tough. They've owned VGK twice. The former coach Pete DeBoer. We can't yeah. keep a coach here. We can't keep a coach here. Uh, so Gerard Gallant booted out brings you know the the rangers back from the depths because i'm a ranger fan and i'm happy that he's there in new york they'll get things straight and of course uh with tarasenko your guy yep. and with patrick kane i think they're gonna they're gonna be there in the end somehow yeah. some way they'll, they'll they'll improve you know and well go ahead i don't, I don't agree with you i don't agree with you because All right in the out of the 10 10 days or so that Terrace, is it 10 days or 10 games? It might be 10 games. It's but not 10 games already, is it? Really? Oh, it might I, be. Who knows? I think it has because I was reading an article up until recently. He's played in 10 games, three of which were no point games whatsoever. <laughs> right. So he, yeah. he had the I know first he's been there, game. been there for three. Yeah. He's played the first game or two. He was on the Panarin line. He uh-huh. obviously he got the first couple points the very first game, but other than that, he's been kind of 
out of it up until I think just the last night or tonight when he actually got a couple other points. Uh-huh. And then apparently they're kind of going back and forth with, they're not really sure what lines they're going to put him on. Cause he's out, out Apparently he's been playing pretty good with Kreider and Zabinajad. Yeah. And now they're trying to figure out if they're going to put Kane with Panarin and his line or how they're going to kind of structure this lines out there. Cause it, they've been getting lucky with, I think Tarasenko, but they've been really kind of disappointed with Tarasenko. I yeah. Mean, well, you know, I mean, one of the things about Galantho, it does take him a while till he fi- finds that right chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. We saw that with the third line, with the kid line, and he just goes back. He plays so many head games with these players, too. It's pretty interesting. But I think his heart was in the right place here in Las Vegas, and they fired him after he was on a four-game losing streak. And I think a lot of that was – and also they fired Pete DeBoer after the first season that they don't go to the playoffs. And they, had, really five, they had 500 man games lost due to injuries. And you don't want to harp on that. But I think that was part of the problem. But another bigger part was that they weren't playing with emotion. And then yeah. you come to find out when they're cleaning out their lockers, I think like William Carlson, Jonathan Marshall, so those guys that have been here for a while, mm-hmm. uh, they were like, we can't be creative around the coach. And they, they kind of they got rid of them. They basically because they're very close and they're the, the pet projects of the owner, Bill Foley. These are his pets. OK, Um William Carlson, Jonathan Marshall. So maybe I think those two are one and two or one and one a, and if they're not happy, they always go back to the owner and they whine to the owner. And Bill Foley admitted recently that after practices, he said, I go and I have lunch with the players and I'll sit there and they can voice their concerns about the team. And then we kind of fix things right then and there. Well, that's not good if you're the head coach. That's awful. Yeah. You can't have that happening. That would be like me going above my boss and griping and complaining. It can't happen. Cannot happen. So that's what they're doing. And that's why I think they've blown through uh, two coaches or on coach number three. If Carlson doesn't score soon, he's going to say something about the lack of creativity or something with Bruce Cassidy and try to get him blown out of here too. After a while, it can't be the, it can't be the coaches guys. It's got to be the players. It's got to be the players. Yeah. Well, and aside from Bruce Cassidy and the pro- kind of the two notes that you just kind of touched on with uh, not being the coach, being the players, and, well, Bruce Cassidy, th- three of those points I'm bringing over to Boston because uh, <laughs> we all know Boston has been an absolute juggernaut this season. They're awesome. Uh, <laughs> And a lot of it, us St. Louis people, we we take a little bit of it. I wouldn't say. Would you say we take a little bit of it to heart, Josh? Or do we think? We, it, or would you say it's just a, that we had a little bit of a piece of of why Boston has been the way they have been this year? Uh, I'd say it's a it's a mixed bag there, to be honest. I think some people yeah. are really going to take it to heart. Others probably just <laughs> see it for what it is. But I mean, what I'm... go ahead. Sorry, I thought I you were was going to say like I think that you got so many different kinds of hockey fans in St. Louis. Everybody loves the Blues, but when it comes down to 
those that depth, I don't know how many people were tuned into that. Yeah. But what what I was kind of referring to, Tony, was the uh our power our uh power play coach that we had last season, uh in Jim Montgomery, who led us to pro- led us to the second best power play in the seat in the league leaving St. Louis going to be the head coach for Boston and I mean Boston already having a a very well te- a very good team as they already have over there adding a coach like Jim Montgomery and all the his antics and tactics that he has I mean you could see that he obviously coaches well if he's able to coach a team to the best power play or the second best power play in the league and take the team like Boston and absolutely make it into a historical run that they're, they're having with, especially with just hitting a hundred points within the last this, this past week. Ridiculous. Yeah. The way they're playing, it's just, they're awfully good. You know, I've watched them uh, in person and I've seen them, you know, on TV a bunch of times in here in the West, I've watched some games and they just know how to win games. It's it. I mean, and it's funny that you talk about the power play and it's funny. So you have Montgomery replacing Cassidy in Boston. You have uh, Cassidy replacing DeBoer here in Las Vegas. And those three are probably the three top coaches right now. I think, you know, as far as leading their divisions and it's just kind of funny to me, but When Cassidy arrived here, guys, the one thing that they said was, yeah, you know, he's a really good coach and all this other stuff, and he's made it to the playoffs in all six years (laughs) with Boston and all this stuff. And they go, yeah, and the power play, you know, is going to be much better because I looked up some stats, and last year I think Boston at one point was something like 0 for 40-something. Yeah, when like oh, on the power play, yeah, on the power play. I'm like, how's he gonna fix this, guys? I forgot what the stat was, but I had the number. And then now, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are one for their last 30, I think, on the power play unit. Oh, yeah, he's just gonna come in here, waltz in, and everything will be fixed with the power play. They stink, they're absolutely garbage, they're trash on the power play. So yeah, but Boston, obviously, the power play, special teams, huge factor, big part, big part of the success of teams. And that's one of the areas that if VGK can't score on the power play, that comes back to bite you, right? In the postseason, if they get to the postseason, that's what's going to hurt this team, I think, the most. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one thing that whenever, with how well Boston has been playing, I was surprised they even went for anybody during the trade deadline week that they did. Cause I mean, they, they acquired Orlov and Hathaway yeah. from Washington, which I mean, I don't know if they are just going for death pieces at that point, because yeah. it just, yeah. like, I, why would you want to mess up any of the chemistry that you already have out in Boston when they've already got a hundred point season going on already, possibly making it to 132. Or, that's obviously where they're projected to. And that's, that would be an insane milestone for the team to get to. But I was honestly surprised and that they even made any moves. And I, I figured Vegas was going to honestly make more moves than what they did. Cause Same those here. were, those were the only two acquisitions that Vegas made was getting Barbashev and quick, or did I miss one? And blue Teddy Bluger. 
Teddy Blue. Oh, okay, I I didn't. So, so, yeah, see that so one. three, so three acquisitions, but I think they were in on a bunch more. And I don't think the teams want to because they're very cocky. Okay, I don't know if you guys have noticed this from <laughs> afar, but this is a cocky organization. They got filled with success the first year. You know, they continued to play into the playoffs. And this fan base, oh, my God, it was doom and gloom, you know, when mm-hmm. they failed to make the playoffs at the end of last season. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of teams did not want to trade with the Golden Knights. I, I can honestly say that I believe several teams, unless they really needed to make a move of some sort, did not want to make a deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I don't think what, – what's your impression? I mean, they – they came into the league the first year. I think they were the darlings of the league. But since then, I think it's kind of faded. I think the new car smell is worn off with yeah. this, this team. You guys? Go ahead, Josh. I'll let you go first. Um, I still feel like where we're at, that they get pretty good coverage and they have a good reputation. I haven't heard any of the things you just said, so I'll be honest with you. You've really caught me off guard. <laughs> I like to do that, as you can um, tell. So now you, you've given me something I need to go look into because I haven't heard any of that. But the going back to the coaches, because I wanted to chime in a little bit earlier, it did to me appear like it's a player issue, not a coach issue out there, the way you guys have burned through coaches already. But I think a lot of that, you know, with Bruce Cassidy being there, I mean, that's a talent you get the opportunity to pick up. You don't pass on. Right. Um. So I, I can understand that one. I didn't understand the first one. So that that's just me on, on that because I wanted to chime in about that earlier, but it, you guys were having such a good conversation. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, sorry about it. We were, we had a pretty good banter going on. I was going to ask for your opinion on some of the stuff we were kind of getting into, but we were it was kind of going back and forth for a pretty no. good minute there. Yeah, I talk good, too man. much, no guys. Reason. Just say it. Just say <laughs> well, it. I, no, I'm you're... the same way. I like talking just as much as the next. I was just sitting here <laughs> listening. I'm like, man, I'm getting a bunch of information. To think about <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, yeah, had no knowledge of that. That's total shock to me. Something I'll need to look into. But I mean, I feel like they are the babies of the NHL. Like you said, they get the marketing um, because they sell. Uh, being a destination area, you know, <laughs> a lot of fans in there. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I always thought that, you know, they were run okay. They were just looking for that piece and they were burning through coaches to get there. Yeah. And Kelly McCrimmon, you know, is our general manager, I might add. Uh, here in Las Vegas, and I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. I don't think he's honest. I don't think he's honest with the media. Uh, last year, they stored, you know, players in the LTIR, and then they blame it on the coach. You know, like there's players that they said, well, like Mark Stone was injured last year at around this very same time with another back issue, and they were like, well, uh, he'll probably be back for the playoffs. Well, there were no playoffs, guys. Like, what are you storing people for if they're able to go? Why are you holding back of any player at that part of the season? You have to play every single player that you possibly can. And of course there's no salary cap in the postseason, So of course they're going to hide players and keep them on the LTIR, keep them on IR. And right now there's a little bit of that flim flam game going on. I believe, you know, as well, because the the goaltenders, uh, Logan Thompson should be back within a week and a half, perhaps maybe after, this five-game road swing, maybe he'll be back then. What do you I do? Gonna, I was going to say, I on the articles that I've seen, because I, I actually have, not going to lie, I have Logan Thompson on my fantasy team, <laughs> and I've been getting I've been getting 
articles after articles about him saying that he's I've actually seen that he's nowhere even close to be even skating. So it, it could be another it could be like the last couple weeks of the season until we actually see Logan Thompson because I mean, I'll pull it up if I can. But uh, from the sounds of it all, it, it sounded like Thompson wasn't even like remotely close. Yeah, no, I mean, the stuff that we're hearing here is, you know, like I said, about two weeks away and maybe give or take, you know, a few days here and there, but he'll be back pretty soon or he'll be back skating very, very soon. Uh, Brassois, I'm not quite sure. Uh, They said that it was not a hip injury this time. I've heard it's his groin uh, groin injury. And then uh, William Carrier was uh, a third line guy, a heavy guy a guy who plays very physical and he injured his uh, left leg uh, this past weekend. And he's not, uh, he's out indefinitely. And I'm hearing probably not until the playoffs. Here we go again until the playoffs, like just put everyone on LTIR (laughs) and then just bring them all back for the playoffs, except last year that backfired and back to Kelly McCrimmon. He's hitched his wagon to Jack Eichel. Okay. So as Jack Eichel goes, Kelly McCrimmon has job job security, I believe. And so, yeah, he's really starting to play well, though. He's got uh, 14 points in the last 11 games, maybe. Something like that. He's playing very well. Um, the All-Star break actually helped him out a ton because he was, I think, still hobbled from an injury. And then uh, he took that break, came back, and he's playing really well now. But Mm -hmm. they have injury issues on this team, too. And, you know, typically it takes a while for uh, these players, new players to to fit in with the team. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, so far the acquisitions before the trade deadline have worked out. But again, very, very small sample size. Yeah, I was going to say with whenever you were saying about the whole whole injury thing, the the Blues know very well what you mean about uh, being injury written. I, I can't remember probably within the past two or three seasons where we haven't had as many people on the IR as what we have had like within the past couple seasons is Krug who's been injury prone for God knows how long uh, Buchnevich, we see him kind of go here and there on the IR uh, Prunovich as well. I mean, he's one of our younger guys, but he's still, you see him going on, injured list is a lot as well but and it's one it seems like it's one hit after another sometimes here in st louis as well kind of like with you guys in vegas but it a lot of times with you a team gets in those kind of situations you just got to take the punches and roll with it and you got to get the young guys to kind of come through and just buy into the system which i i don't know how the development pro or how your guys' farm system is in Vegas, but it's it's decent. It's it's gotten better, uh, and for St. Louis, but it's 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 got to be one of those things that you got to fall on the young guys at that point. And we've been, I'd say, we've been lucky in uh, seasons past with that uh, region. Yeah, the only player currently that's up with the team, Paul Cotter. Um, came out of the uh, AHL team here in Las Vegas. So just, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but the farm team is here 
in Henderson, which is a suburb of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And literally, T-Mobile Arena, where the Golden Knights play, is equidistant from where their training facility is in the Summerlin area of Las Vegas. Um, it's equidistant to Henderson and to Summerlin. It's right in the middle. So they don't have to bring players in, you know, from out of town. Um, a call-up is pretty simple. They're just getting your car and drive to the facility. And I think yeah. a lot of them do live on the west side of town where the Golden Knights, you know, practice and train. So so that's a luxury for, for this team. It's not like a Seattle team that has its farm team in Palm Springs where it's one of the most difficult places to get in and out of. I've flown there, mm-hmm. and they might have two flights a day out of there. And some of the time you have to take the puddle <laughs> jumper from Palm Springs to <laughs> Los Angeles, you know, yeah. and – and then go up to Seattle. So it's a couple of days. The first uh, couple of seasons, they were in Chicago. First three mm-hmm. seasons in Chicago. And so a call-up was like, it took a day or so, maybe a day and a half. If it was, uh, you know, too <laughs> snowy there, windy maybe. You couldn't get the flights up. But Yeah. You know, that's a luxury to have right here. Yeah. As I say, yeah, we're it... dealing with that now with the Blues uh, AHL team because they're in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, see, like, uh, are there what are there two flights a day out of Springfield? You know, to get to St. Louis. I mean, if you're ha- if you're lucky, right? Like, yeah, if, if we're you, lucky. <laughs> yeah. So, so where do you think they'll move them, or what? What can they do? Well, we are there just talks? Got, we just got into association with them. What last year? Last year, yeah, because we've been five year deal. Oh boy, I believe so. Yeah, because we bounced be- between San Antonio, uh, Peoria. And <laughs> uh, we we've been between like three or four different uh, cities within the past few years with AHL affiliate teams, and we finally got this one with uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, and they got I think a, I think like what you said, uh, Josh. I think it's a five year deal. Jeez, that's that's awful. Yeah, it's such a luxury because why the league is rigged and they want Las Vegas to win. <laughs> They want the yeah. Golden Knights to win, and they bring TV ratings. Okay, in all fairness, <laughs> that that's one thing I wanted to see because with baseball, they it's it's easy to find the ratings for baseball, and you can see which teams are rated higher or lower in the TV ratings. I've never seen anything about what TV ratings are like for the NHL, and I, I was always kind of curious with that because I figured some of the bigger teams like New York, Boston. Uh, Tampa probably probably up there. Uh, Air, no, not Arizona. What am I thinking? Uh, <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> Woo, that that Arizona is a whole another storyline. That, That's that, another I feel story. Like that's a different day. And yeah. We don't have enough time for Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, because Las Vegas is a destination, and because mm-hmm. Las Vegas really does sell. Like anytime there's an event that's broadcast from Las Vegas, there there's massive ratings typically, you know. So NASCAR yeah. was here today. They love to come to Las Vegas for some reason, show some, you know, beautiful shots, uh, beauty <coughs> shots of the strip uh, and you're home free. People like it. They like the city and they, you know, they're definitely infatuated, I think, with Las Vegas. And that's why, of course, we have a lot of events that emanate from here because mm-hmm. it does sell. Uh, just being honest yeah from that end i I was gonna say i i would definitely agree with you because i spent 
three weeks out there in Vegas a few years ago. I did that, and, me, and then I wound up staying for 44 years. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's a very fun city to be in. There's a hell of a lot of things to do, but if you're like me, I'm, I'm in the military. I'm in the Air Force, and I oh, we nice. had a we had a uh, we had a sorry to get way off topic with sports. And but thanks for but it, thanks but, for your service while you're at it, because of course there's a big base here where you hear it, Nellis Air Force Base, Brandon, and that's where we were at three years ago. Because I, I was at the time I was with the the B two squadron, and Awesome. Uh, we were out there and we were out there for three weeks for the red flag. At, uh, oh yeah. That's awesome here. That's and, great. Yeah. And we, I was in the group of people and one of our chiefs was even saying, don't go and blow all your time <laughs> at the first like week or two and do everything imaginable. Cause you're just going to get burnt out on it all. What does me and my group do? Go through everything through the strip through uh fremont street some of the fun activities within the first week and a half and the last week and a half i'm like i want to go home yeah ready to go home (laughs) i'm ready to go home people just can't handle vegas that's it that's our slogan here sometimes yeah but that's great it was it was a fun city uh i i would like to go back and better better (laughs) circumstances where i'm not there having to work as well but it was i thought it was actually a pretty fun city and everything and uh Aside from the blues, I, I hate to say it, but Vegas is probably one of my probably my second favorite team. In the All league. right, I, I want to ask you. So, I I didn't look at the St. Louis Blues schedule, but do they happen to have like a back to back also before they play the Golden Knights next week? Uh, on Sunday? <laughs> it's I'll have so to look rigged. The it's so rigged, man. I'm telling I you. Know. I think I that know. Bill Foley sits there, the billionaire <laughs> owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, with the schedule maker, and they go, no, we can't. I mean, they've had eight back-to-backs. Most teams have like 13, <laughs> 14. I'm looking at some of the numbers. How that many back-to-backs like, have, have you had? Back-to-backs. How many? 14 back-to-backs this 14, season. and Vegas has eight. You, you can't tell me that this – I'm writing that down, man, for my show. 14 back-to-backs. Are you kidding me? No. Because there was a it's stretch. Trash. This is there trash. Was a, there was a stretch, and <laughs> it wasn't February. It was, I believe, it was. We we started out pretty slow in the beginning of the season, but once like this part of this, like middle part of the season, started rolling through, we would have three to four games during the week, and then once it got to the weekend, it would be like Saturday and Sunday, boom, come boom. on, and then there would be other times where it'd be like a Tuesday, Wednesday set. Or a oh man, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, it was all over the place. But yeah, it was like a, I want to say it was thirteen or fourteen games. Josh, I don't know if you have the schedule in front of you, but I'm almost positive it was thirteen or fourteen games this season. I, I'm pretty sure it was fourteen back to back. Fourteen back to backs. Oh I made my a goodness. comment at the beginning of our season about that in the schedule. Well, and, yeah. and did you guys see? Well, Colorado had three consecutive back-to-backs they had days off in between <laughs> he had three and jared bednar they couldn't understand why the guy was pissed off i'm like yeah. i'd be mad too like what are you doing to us bill yeah, foley I- this league is rigged i'm telling you guys <laughs> this stinking league is so rigged it's rigged it's gotta be this has to be <laughs> Yeah, but well, apparently uh, the NFL is too. So, well, I've seen well, some we've of that, known that too with years, the Raiders. 
the, the NFL has been rigged for God knows how freaking long. <laughs> but Eli but, Manning, Tyree but Dave, I mean, Tyree could you be more blatant, you know, than giving the Golden Knights this schedule? I mean, it's a joke. I mean, it, it, I wonder how many teams back came in here on a back to back. What's that? Having eight back to backs compared to some other teams like the Blues having 14, that is unreal. That's unbelievable, right? Man. So, so I did see the comments last week. I think it was where Barubi said that the guys weren't playing hard. They didn't play hard, right? So, was that why they shipped off? You know, some of these players too. I know expiring contracts. We get all that, uh, but what are the results of that tirade? And has the team played better since? Because I, I kind of lost track after that. So, with the that with the comment that Barubi made. He was saying that a lot of the guy, a lot of the veterans were not showing up, putting in the effort that they were pretty much being lazy, and and then like literally during the post game, you had Robert Thomas saying that the guys we're we're putting in the effort at what we can, and it didn't help either that you have Toropchenko who literally came in on the post game as well and saying that yeah it's bad that you have a fourth liner coming through scoring one of the few and only goals that we had and you got guys like Shen and well the, obviously he didn't name drop but you had guys that are veterans in the locker room and they're not really showing up at at the time and you have guys being lazy on the back check which that's been our kind of Achilles heel. We've been so focused on trying to drive the drive the puck in the offensive zone that whenever teams get turnovers on us, we don't back check and we leave Bennington out in the dust and they score on us. That or we turn it over in our own and and in our own end, and then teams score on us that way. Also, uh, that that was kind of the driving. I think the where our season went downhill. But the reason why everybody got dealt out, I don't think it was the comments from what Baruby made, but because of a lot of it all, I feel like like the win that we had the other night against uh, San Jose, I felt like that was a little bit more of a driving game because you had guys score on that game. I, let me pull that game up because that game – was I, I'd say probably a, a decent game because you had uh Kapenin who we just acquired from waivers from that Pittsburgh dropped. He's actually been a fairly decent addition for us. He's scored three times in three games that he's been with the Blues, correct, Josh, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, he's gotten one goal of thought at least in each game that he's played in since coming up, and he is. It, he's almost playing like he has something to prove. I thought he had two goals and an assist, but it might be three goals. But, yeah, he's played fairly well. Mm. Um, and he should play well. I mean, he was a really good player, just didn't fit into the scheme that Pittsburgh had right now, and they hit were, in, I'm assuming, Capel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is. It gives him a chance to rebound. Um, this other guy we got, uh, Verona. Yeah, Verona. Uh, Jacob Verona from Jacob Verona. From Detroit, yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, you guys got him. How's he playing? 
unfortunately he we haven't actually had his debut was supposed to be last night against la but they had weather issues i believe in detroit so he wasn't oh able to actually make it to the game yeah jeez yeah so we'll see him tomorrow or tuesday i can't remember what day it is uh yeah. what is we will see him tuesday night against the arizona coyotes of all teams <laughs> <laughs> your favorite <laughs> yeah hey we might go uh, win one <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, uh, and speaking of the Coyotes, that was one topic that I did want to talk about tonight with, obviously, for the last couple of years, it's been a big, big topic of, on everybody's uh, mind was how who was Chitrin going to be going to. And Arizona was talking such a big game about how we they're wanting such a big or such a big package. They're wanting two first round picks, top prospect, and a I think it was a ready to go defenseman that pretty much uh, I might have been wrong on it, but to see what they're asking for, and then for uh, who they who they send them to? Was it Ottawa? Yeah, Ottawa. The, for Ottawa to come in and give them. A conditional first, a conditional second, <laughs> a second for 2025, and then wait, was that it? I, I thought that had well, and, and, and see some of these some of these deals, right? Like that. I'm like, how come the Golden Knights couldn't acquire players like that? Or we you were, guys, right? We were yeah, even. You, I mean, you give up nothing. Thing. We were saying the same thing in St. Louis. Like, if that's a deal that they were giving up in order to give Chitrin up to somebody. Why did the Blues come up and get that kind of deal? Right, right. Because the Ottawa Senators are a different conference. Yeah, I yeah, well, so I get all that, but even them. even well, yeah. Now it's like it's not like Arizona's in the same division <laughs> as the Golden Knight. Something I thought they could have done, and for a while they were saying that Chickren was a, probably a shoe in to play in Los Angeles for the Kings. They were definitely in the mix, but I did see Chickren. He's so excited to be back there because that's where he's from too. So yep. that's another reason. I think he's from Ottawa, and he's just very excited to be playing there at home. It's like his childhood dream. I don't know who has those type of dreams, playing for the Ottawa Senators. But that's that was his childhood <laughs> dream. <laughs> and surprisingly, since as of late, Ottawa's actually playing fairly fairly well. They are playing exactly. well. They are playing well the last few games. Yeah, they're playing well, very get, well. I, I watched them against the Rangers. Yeah, they do have talent. They they took it to the Rangers. They played very well against uh, my New York Ranger team. I mean, granted, they're 32 and 26, but I mean, I, I can't. That's pretty good. I mean, for, yeah, I mean, with how teams have been playing this year, that's, it's decent. I mean, you have your, the teams that are playing very, very well, but you have those middle ground teams that are kind of getting, getting their legs. And Ottawa's, I mean, with having still, 18 no 20 we they have exactly 20 games still to go in the season i i would say they still have a fairly decent chance of possibly trying to get into the playoffs yeah yeah they're, they're looking pretty good i mean they're closing very very well they're starting to gel together so uh yeah they could be dangerous for sure do you think do you guys think the teams from the east are just gonna beat up on each other and then a team from the west could could win this all 
Uh, See, depends I on mean, who makes out of the West. So, so like Boston, right? So Boston's going to have to probably go through Toronto, maybe, even though they lose. I know the first round. Mm. I get that. Uh, Toronto, probably Tampa. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with Tampa lately, but I mean, it's it's just going to be really tough there in the East. There's so many good teams, and as we've seen before, that curse with the president's trophy, right? It's like Boston just falls and loses. Loses in the first round. I'm really curious to see how that pans out because obviously everybody knows who's going to be getting the the president's trophy. I mean, being at 100 points and the closest team behind you, I think, is what 87. What is 87? It? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's kind of evident who's probably going to be getting <laughs> who's going to be getting the the president's trophy this season. Yeah, for sure, but. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I I was kind of going along the lines of what you were saying a little bit ago that everybody's like, oh, the Easter is gonna beat up on the West this year. The East is probably gonna win the playoffs. In a way, I feel like the West is gonna be like what it was for the East last year, to where we're the top teams are gonna be able to scoot by some of the the probably the teams that barely skate skated into the playoffs for, in the West. And then the East is just going to beat up on each other, get to the finals. And then I feel like they're going to be probably either between Boston, New York, or Carolina out of those three teams. They'll probably make it to the final just because it, it's those three teams have been playing pretty damn well i know even though i know i said earlier that i wasn't sure if new york would make it i've probably seen new york probably being one of the three teams for the east and then i mean for the west i could see possibly i see colorado coming back you know in colorado healthy watch out they're just tough colorado winnipeg dallas i mean those are three of the central divisions yeah, Top it won't. It right won't now. come from the Pacific. It will not be a Pacific. I can. I can clearly state that it won't be the only team that might have a chance if they can put it all together Edmonton? because they can score well. Edmonton's good. The Kings kind of can, but they don't play great yeah. defense. But no one does in the West. <laughs> no one does in the Pacific. No one. The, even I mean, in the, the Golden Knights have a chance because they play a little bit. They play a shred of defense. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel, Josh, with the playoff? Uh, picture that even though playoffs are still like a month or two away oh i think it's i mean it's definitely clearing up with those top teams being as far ahead as they are um but i agree i think it'll be a uh western central team that goes to the stanley cup and who knows who it is out of the east just because the east is gonna be such a tough battle with so many good good teams i mean any one of those series could go the opposite way and throw predictions way out the water. But I mean, I can see Boston. I don't think Tampa's got the mojo this year. Mm, uh, Carolina know. from, to me, for some reason, seems like they could really do it. Um, they seem to be good all the way around special teams, top to bottom, all four lines play well. The deep pairings work well. The goaltending has been what they've needed to be. Uh, the Rangers obviously loaded up for a run. Um, just because Kane's there now, there's no way I can root for the Rangers. Um, <laughs> it, it's a mixed it. feelings for the Rangers, just because we have Tarasenko there and then Kane as well from 
Chicago is kind of mixed feelings on if wanting to root for <laughs> the Rangers or not. I got you. Oh, I'm I'm with you on that. I get it. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, I think the East is going to be the most fun to watch. I mean, playoff hockey mm-hmm. this year should be really really good. Yeah, especially once we get to the uh, conference finals. Um, I expect those to be really good on both sides. So I'd like to see Seattle in the mix, you know, from from the Pacific, just because the the new kids and uh, so Vegas will be playing the outdoor game next year against uh, against the Kraken. And to end this season, there's a home and home between Vegas Ooh. and Seattle, so that should be interesting. I think I still think oh, there's going to be something on the line, right? You have to imagine because yep. it's so tight in the Pacific that. Uh, those two games will definitely matter. I'm I'm excited about that too. <laughs> so we're getting kind of long long winded, but uh, kind of the last little bit. Who do you guys feel from each from each conference? Who do you think could be a uh, a dark a dark horse team from both sides? Hmm, that's a good question. You want to go, Josh? Um. Man, he, he didn't prep me for that one, so. <laughs> it was kind of just, we are talking about Came playoffs nowhere, and how yeah. everybody's been playing and then everything. I was just like, you know what? Let's throw this in there just to see what, <laughs> what throw everybody off a little. Is, uh, is Detroit still, Detroit's in the mix, right? Because I want to see those younger teams in there that could wreak havoc, you know? Um, like, I'd be excited to see them and like the Kraken, you know, in, in the playoffs and just see where that emotion, you know, brings, brings clubs like that. That's, that's my guess personally. Okay. Okay. I mean, the Kraken seems like a good choice. I've got to watch them play enough this year. Um, so I guess I'd go with them and then out of the East shoot. Uh, <laughs> are I the mean, devils a long shot? I got, I, I got I would, my two. See, I wouldn't say the devils are a long shot, but I'd pick them just cause it'd be nice for them to be good once in, you know, 30 years. <laughs> exactly. Who did you say? Uh, we'll go with the Devils. Okay, you damn it! How you and me in the way our heads work, we have a hard Tony. We have a hard time disagreeing on things. We usually agree on a lot of stuff whenever it comes to the podcast. This is and it's it it sucks at times because we don't argue all that much <laughs> whenever it comes to different topics. And this is one of those that's it's going to be pretty much the same because I was going to go with Seattle and New Jersey just because New Jersey with the acquisition they had of Timo Meyer mm-hmm. and having this line of Timo possibly with Hughes yeah. and and even either that or on the line with uh, Heischer and the the guys that he plays with. So I mean, New Jersey could be a little bit of a dark horse coming out of the east and seattle there i would say they were a little bit on the flip side of what vegas had uh they weren't all that great whenever they first came into the season uh last year or the year before and as they've been kind of came into the league they've they've honestly gotten a lot better and Mm -hmm. this year they've they've shown that they can compete they're i i don't have the the stats up for the West I just did but I ended up clicking off of it uh, but they're <laughs> they're, they're in the mix doing... you know they're on the periphery they'll, they'll make it yeah. into the playoffs and if they do they could be a dangerous team I think too I do yeah we so, all agree on them that's interesting <laughs> I 
I don't yeah. usually agree with anyone. So. <laughs> In case you right. haven't been able to tell. Yeah, uh, we're a little friendlier <laughs> out in the Midwest. <laughs> you guys are too friendly, man. I go usually. I'm used to getting beat up on some of these podcasts because they think that I'm a homer. Because you know, like we do lockdown Golden Knights five days a week, right? And I have to be down the middle, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it's so funny though because seriously, guys, I'm not making this up. Like we even went through the summer, and there is never there's never a day where we don't have content. It could be late in the day, and something breaks, and there's drama-rama, and there's, you know, like Max Pacioretty, you know, when they got rid of him and they dealt him uh, to Carolina for future considerations, which is our favorite trade to make here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and he was blasting the team and saying it was a country club atmosphere. The guy wasn't wrong, and people were blasting him because of it. But, like, every day there's some, <laughs> something, something interesting happens here. I think mm-hmm. on tomorrow's podcast, we'll probably talk about I, I definitely want to talk about the lack of respect from Cassidy for Aiden Hill. I think I'm going to start there. <laughs> yeah, whenever you guys end up talking about the uh, the back to back games, let me know. I'd, oh, I'd my goodness. love to come on and talk about. Oh, that's about awesome. The- that's phenomenal. 14 back to back. Are you kidding me? It's so it's so damn rigged. I, I can't even stand it. Whenever, whenever, if you guys do this show one day this week, I'll definitely have all the, have all the numbers ready to go for it. Cause I, I'm almost certain the blues were at 13 or 14 this season. Jesus. That's nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you. of course. Yeah. Uh, for all everybody that was listening tonight, want to, if you want to check out Tony, uh, his socials are down in the description. Uh, you can find him. What uh, what platforms do you guys usually have your shows on? Okay, so uh, Locked On Golden Knights is our YouTube channel. And that's where you get to see my mug. I'm more of a radio guy. I've been a radio guy for ages. Okay. And so we've got uh, the YouTube channel. And then you could find us on Twitter at Locked On VGK. And the podcast is wherever you can get your podcast. It's available everywhere in the universe, in the metaverse, wherever. <laughs> and then uh, I'm at Tony Dasco on Twitter and my co-host, Chris Golick, who's a lot of fun. He's a hoot to follow at TD Chris G. So definitely check it out. And we we don't it's, it's so fun because we don't take it. We don't take our, ourselves too serious. Right, guys. And then mm-hmm. also like any fans are welcome. And we get from time to time a ton of the Buffalo fans that are just <laughs> like anti Jack Eichel. And I just love yep. it. I just, I just like the controversy and the drama. <laughs> we love the oh. drama, guys. You know what? I'll change my pick from the Devils to the to Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes, that's I did, a good couldn't pick. even think of them that fast. Man, if Tage just continues to tear it up, man, that's going to be a tough team. And that, that hurts that, a little bit now. That trade. <laughs> if you ask a lot of people in St. Louis, they, they. They're happy about the trade at the time because obviously it, it got us a cup. But now that we're seeing what Tage is doing out in Buffalo, it's like, man, what a did monster. we lose that on with that guy? He's a monster. Oh, love him. Love him. And uh, Alex real- Tuck, of course, that's who we gave up. And Peyton Krebs for Jack Eichel here. Mm-hmm. So, And for a while there, it was a little lopsided in favor of, of Buffalo. But Jack's coming on. He's coming on. If they win, if they make it into the playoffs, if they do well in the playoffs, it'll be because of Jack Eichel. I can honestly say that. He's the 
MVP, even though his stats might not always be at the top, he's the MVP of this team. I think this team goes as he goes. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Yeah. It, were you guys having a hard time whenever Eichel was out for that stretch of time, whenever he was injured? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, lack of chemistry, a lot of things. Who's going to play on the top line? Yeah, a lot of issues without him in there. Uh, yeah. But he's he's phenomenal. I like I think, you know, it's it's just hard to believe that, you know, he came back from that next surgery and he came back and played pretty well, I thought. And he still gets, you know, jarred and he still gets hit and that thing's holding up. His neck is holding up there with that uh, surgery that I think now only one other player has had in the National Hockey League after him. So but yeah, he's definitely uh, an MVP guy, even though, you know, at times people get on him. They expect an awful lot out of him. And I think if he were healthy this entire season, I think he would have been, you know, 90 point scorer in the league. Yeah. I do. Well, I, I could see it, especially. I mean, I, I've always been, well, ever since I always thought Eichel was going to be a tremendous hockey player. And I mean, he's, he's showing it out in Vegas with you guys. And I, I feel like I was kind of in agreement a little bit to, to the point of, I think he could be a dominant hockey player and if who knows what, I mean, hockey and sports are all a bunch of what ifs. It's like, what if he wouldn't have got injured and where he would be at with uh, all his points and everything. And it's, I think once he's has a full healthy season, I think everybody's going to see that he is one hell of a hockey player. Truly is really is. But, uh, Tony, uh, I know with us being we're we're getting close to about an hour and a half uh, on on the on the show, so uh, we're gonna go ahead, I think, and close it out. Our normal times, obviously, is eight o'clock uh, for uh, Blues Notes podcast. Uh, we should be on next Sunday at eight. I don't see us being any later or any sooner. We'll be on the regular time for that episode. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast talking with you. Guys are uh, awesome. Thank you. you. Have any closing comments or anything before we uh, close this out? No, just that I appreciate you, Brandon and Josh. That was a lot of fun and be glad to do it again sometime. For sure. Josh, you have anything? Um, I'm thinking we need to do an off-season discussion. Like right I'm after down. the draft. We'd love I'm to down. have you on for that. Yes, oh, sir. Yep, just um, hit me up. You know where to find me. So yeah, I'm always but, uh, on social media. Yeah, I'm going to have to give you a follow because I, I think you're going to give me a lot of good content, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. For sure. For sure. Uh, have a good one. Hey, you too. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, for everybody else, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Blues Notes podcast. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. See ya.